0: This is the OTP for Friday, July the 27th. Mike Keith, Amy Wells. Hello, Mike. Jim Wyatt from titansonline.com. How's everybody doing? Some people are rich.
1: None of us. (laughs) That
0: is the story from St. Thomas Sports Park today, day two of training camp it was like you get a contract and you get a contract <laughs> It was <laughs> <laughs> at least for two titans offensive stars two pro bowlers lots of money handed out taylor won a multi-year contract that reportedly makes him the highest paid offensive lineman at least for now in nfl history
2: yeah, and good for him and good for the Titans who are able to get him locked up for years to come. He's such a big part of this offensive line, such a big part of this offense. We've all seen Taylor grow up right before our very eyes over the years came in, kind of a young guy who who sometimes had trouble keeping his emotions in check. He's done a better job at that, and I think he's very comfortable with where he is now, and to see that handled the way it was, he comes into contract, they continue to talk, get it done uh, it, was a, it was a great development, and uh, you might have seen the video of him strolling out with his offensive lineman with the Dukes of Hazards theme song uh, playing in the background. Uh, has to get a little bit of a – bring a, a smile to their face a little bit.
1: I'm proud of the big guy. He definitely earned it. You can tell that he's been working hard. He's made some substantial changes from year to year to year. So I'm proud of him, but uh, little buddy's all grown up now.
0: He was on two bad teams. Mm-hmm. And he has been a part of the foundation of rebuilding this thing. And in the process, he has elevated himself to elite status in this game. I agree with you, Amy Wells. He has earned it. And if this team is going to go forward and be what they hope to be, he's going
2: to have to be a part of it. He
0: is an elite left tackle
2: yeah and he can't let up now i mean and he's not going to i mean i think he's a guy that takes a lot of pride in his game and and works hard at his craft he comes across as a little bit of a goofball just by the way he does some things the way he handles himself in the locker room the again referring to the dukes of hazards uh you know entry today with the offensive lineman with him he's wearing the boss hog outfit he's got a cigar in his hand and uh, likes to call himself Dad, uh, but you know with all of that, you still get a nasty football player who takes his job very seriously, and uh, now I've got a, a wife, a young child uh, that he wants to support as well, and he, he doesn't want to let anybody down. that includes his family and the football team.
1: Did anybody doubt in the last couple of years that Taylor Lewan would end up being the highest paid offensive lineman ever? Like, was that really ever a question? I mean, we know how strong of a player Taylor Lewan is. We know what he means to this team, to this city, the way that he feels about Marcus.
0: I, I got to stop you real very quickly and say, I think when John Robinson came in and Mike Malarkey came in and ended the radio show yeah. and took away his captaincy, I think there was some question, in, at least in my mind, if they would see him as part of their program. I get that. And I think what's most impressive about Taylor is for all of the Taylorisms. <laughs> <laughs> this is a guy who loves the game. Yep. He wants to be special, he cares about it, he's a good teammate. I mean the the guys, I mean the guys like him and and not just because he's funny and a good guy, but because he's got your back. He, he's part of this thing, and that part of it gets overshadowed, which is why sometimes a lot of the, the Taylorisms and, and the things like what happened today are a little disappointing to me because I would like for him to be not disappointing that he did it. He can do whatever he wants, and, and we know he's a lot of fun, but I think that overshadows what a special football player he is. He, he is something else. Right. He's one of the best football players in my mind in this game today, and I, I don't think he gets talked that. I don't think he gets talked about enough in that regard because of some of the other.
1: Right. It's a lot easier to highlight some of the goofy things about him, some of the more off the field things, as opposed to his actual play, which is really, really, really good.
2: Yeah, he, I, and I don't know that he's real comfortable being a guy that 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 gets praised a lot i mean he he definitely wasn't comfortable with the with i think the captainship and being called a leader early on i think that was kind of thrown on him and i think he'd tell you himself he he didn't maybe embrace that like he should i mean I, i i think i've heard people say before if you have to tell someone you're a leader you're not and taylor Wan had to answer those questions about being a leader early on when he was named a captain and you could tell by talking to him he's a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, he's, not, he's a guy that likes to do his job. He always now says, hey, I'm working to be the best left tackle I can be. He's got a singular focus, and that's to be as good as he can at his position. But by doing his job so well, I think guys are respecting him and respecting the way he works. I mean, the, the, he's a pain in the rear, I'm sure, to go against on the practice field every day because he's chippy and because he, he does run down the field and because he's a guy that chirps a little bit and he's got a, a personality that if you went against him every day in practice, it would probably get on your nerves. But, you know, guys like Iraq Poe and Drill Casey and some of these guys that butt heads with them, they like him. Because they do know he, even though he comes across as a little silly sometimes, they do know he takes the job very seriously. Might
0: be the best athlete on this team.
2: Yeah. I mean, you watch him run and see how big he is and see him sprint down the field time after time after time. I mean, it's... Uh, I had somebody ask me in the mailbag the other day who takes the Carl Klug role as being a relentless effort player, and I'll think of guys like Delaney. I think of guys like Wesley Woodard. You know, I think of a lot of players, but Taylor Wan definitely comes to mind uh, because he is one of those guys that's all out every play. I think
0: we've defended him some. I, I certainly know we did, you know, going into to 2016, and that first pick of the draft, because I, I thought that would have been a huge mistake to take a left tackle because I, I believed, you know, that the Titans had a quality left tackle. I thought they had they drafted a left tackle with the number 11 pick. And, you know, he's been to the last two Pro Bowls. He certainly earned his spot. He certainly earned his money. And and I think this, too, I, I think about the chip on his shoulder. Remember, he was the third tackle drafted. Do you remember the other two?
2: uh you got me i need i need my uh, that's
0: okay i'll help Uh, greg robinson (laughs) okay who's on his third
2: team from auburn
0: went number two overall he's on his third team and jake matthews who also got paid today and is a quality nfl left tackle but in terms of honors and grades and everything that has been mentioned he went sixth overall to the falcons and again started 63 games and there's a part of this organization that certainly has a love for him because he is the son of former Oiler, great Bruce Matthews. Not taking anything away from Jake Matthews, Potato Taylor LeJuan's a better player. Has been a better player. So he has done what he said that he would do. If you'll remember, he said, I will prove that I am the best tackle in this draft. I think he's done it, and I think today is a part of it.
2: Yeah, but it doesn't stop here, as, as we've oh, sure. kind of talked about it. Now he's got the contract. Now we have got more expectations. You've got to back it up. People are going to be watching him even closer. You know, uh, So he's got to – and he will. I mean, he'll continue to, to focus like he always has.
1: I'm looking for Christmas presents. <laughs> I know how much you make, buddy. Presents every Christmas.
0: I mean, if what's been reported is correct – I mean, it's a lot of money. Well,
1: and you know he's just going to buy weird stuff. He's not the kind of guy that's into all the flashy things. I don't and, know that
0: I think that's true.
1: Oh, I think that he's going to have like a suit of armor or something really well, bizarre in He may in do his something home.
0: like that. But w- yeah. what else is interesting about his career is there are several NFL players who have females in their life that they credit their success to. 99% of them are their mother's. Mm-hmm. They say, my mom raised me, she taught me, she kept me straight, you know, she sent me to football practice, and she helped me in all these different ways. In his case, in Taylor's case, the biggest influence, and probably the one who helped elevate his game, is his now wife. Mm-hmm. And you know her.
1: Oh, yeah. She's great. She's phenomenal. And they have very similar personalities. They're very complementary. Like, together, they complement each other well. It. It seems like a great match. But
0: why was she so good for settling him down? What is it about her? And, and kind of lay her backstory out, if you will, about why. And he's said it multiple times that his now wife, uh, the mother of his child, uh, is, is, has made the difference.
1: He has said in the past that she kind of met him halfway. She kind of was able to put a lot of things in perspective for him, Whereas before he was kind of wild. He liked going out a lot. He liked to be a man amongst town and have a very wide group. And she kind of helped him bring it all back to reality a little bit, kind of focus in and realize who was actually his friend and who was around him because of his status or what he did for his job. Did
0: she tell him that's enough? I don't know. Can't, well, Maybe. I mean, what? Well, I what don't know. Se- I didn't. What sense do you get, though? Do you get that she has the ability to say, be yourself, but at a certain point, Psh. I don't know?
1: Wow. Maybe. I'm not there. Okay. I don't know what they I, do I, at I home. I thought you had some insight on this. Well, I, I have some, some, some insight, but not like, like we don't get dinner okay. together. All right.
0: <laughs> I've asked the wrong question. <laughs> I don't
1: know. I just don't know. I can't speak on their relationship.
2: He but definitely, yeah, he definitely a changed man as a result of her coming into his life and uh, made him a lot more serious. I mean, he used to he's running, but he used to be Zach Mettenberger around here, and uh, uh, he he's definitely a lot more focused now than he was uh, than I think he was before. He always took his job very seriously. He's di- different now.
1: You need a good woman around, right, guys? Absolutely. Uh huh. Good answer.
0: Absolutely. Had a chance to catch up with Taylor to one after his. uh, press availability. I wouldn't exactly call it a press conference. Had a chance to uh, discuss the events of today as Taylor LeJuan signs his new contract, a multi-year deal with the Tennessee Titans. Number 11 overall pick, number 77 for the Titans, left tackle, two-time All-Pro, and now the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history, Taylor LeJuan. I think for all Titans fans, I say congratulations. Thank you very much.
3: I'm, uh extremely honored to be a part of this team for a few more years. When did it get done? The numbers and everything were done yesterday right after practice. And uh, I didn't know. And I got a, got a phone call with one of my agents and they told me it was pretty much done. They were going over language. And then I thought it was going to be last night that I signed, but it ended up being this morning. And I got to be honest with you, I did not get a wink of sleep last night. Did you not? It's truly, truly unbelievable. It's like, a, it's like an absolute like fairy tale. It's crazy. Crazy to think that uh, you go and you earn something like this. So as a high school defensive lineman, not working out so just well. Just trash, terrible. You move to
0: offense, right? and just a few years later, all, less than 10 years later, all this happens. Mm-hmm. Is it hard to believe the ride, even just the ride while you've been here in Nashville?
3: Yeah, I think uh, I try to take everything in stride, and, and as it comes, and I've uh, definitely as far as past, I tend to look back and just have it motivate me and stuff like that, but it's been, it's been crazy. Going from somebody that, uh, you know, it was weird to think that a couple years ago people were calling from my head and asking me to be replaced and now for a city to take me in like they have, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, I got an uh, amazing wife and an unbelievable little girl, so it's, uh, it's pretty special. Is the most special part that you know that
0: little girl is not going to have to worry about anything the rest of her life? She's <laughs> taken care of.
3: Yeah, I just hope she's not too spoiled. I'll do my best, but she's, she's definitely, mom's going to be spoiled, no doubt about it, but it's unbelievable.
0: Tell me about the support that you've had from the guys inside, even during some difficult times. Yeah. You've had friends in that locker room, in that offensive line room, and, and what they've meant to you in this whole
3: evolution in this process. I mean, the boys are the boys. I just, uh, it's kind of hard to really explain the kind of chemistry that we have, but I mean, that's such a great room. And we have, uh, we've truly just grown so much in the last couple of years together, and just the the crazy antics on the field, off the field. and you know i don't think it would have gone any other way with any other city
0: this is obviously an important moment for a lot of different reasons but the fact of the matter is football is important to yep. you being the best left tackle in football becoming like joe thomas was to the brown who just retired who played that position mm-hmm. establishing that for all the fun stuff there's a business part of it that you take very seriously that maybe people don't know
3: yeah i mean as far as like the business stuff goes and numbers and stuff like that's when I left it my agents. I mean, I'm, I'm a football player and you know, for you to mention me with Joe, I don't think it's uh it's fair to Joe. He's, he had an unbelievable 11 seasons and I, I, I don't think I've touched that yet, but there's a, I have a lot of opportunity. and I'm really excited about uh, being on the same team for uh, six more years.
0: What do you have to do as a player this year
3: to justify your own mm. expectations? Well, no one's gonna be harder on, on, on me than myself. That's just that's just what it is. So for me, I just need to continue to grow, continue to sharpen the skills, um, pass pro, run blocking, those play action passes, and really get down what these coaches want me to do as far as uh, you know techniques and fundamentals and stuff like that. And they, there's definitely they're all on the same page, which is really a uh, really cool thing to see in the coaching staff. Is everyone really knows what they want and they're all preaching the same thing. So getting on board with that and uh, just continue to grow as a player, I think. You know, trying to hit a stride now and and just grow and be the best left tackle I can possibly be.
0: You buying anything fun? Have you have you picked out any <laughs> no. any items as of right no, now? No, 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 no. Did I... they present you with a big check? Was that how it was? Done? No, that would have been cool. That would have been, been cool. You yeah. Need to talk to
3: John about that. I will. would love a big check. Yes. I literally signed this morning, and then now I'm I went to practice two hours later. So it's kind of it's a weird deal. It's I don't have an opportunity to really like let it soak in right now because, you know. They paid me all this money and I have an obligation to this team to be the best left tackle I can be. And tomorrow you got to put pads on. Tomorrow I got to put pads on and, and just start banging. So, I, I mean, this is what I love to do. And I'm so lucky to be able to do what my passion is. Congratulations. Thank you We're so all much. very
0: happy for you. I appreciate Taylor it. Taylor Lewan, Mike Keith. Correct. Voice of the Titans. Left tackle,
3: two-time Pro Bowler. How long have you been here, 20? 20, 21 years. 21 years. Yes. Guy never skips a beat. Never heard him say, um, once. Taylor of one was not the only Titan to
0: sign a new contract today. A surprise to some, Jim Wyatt, a contract extension for three-time Pro Bowl tight end Delaney Walker.
2: Yeah, and he's a perfect case of, uh, you know, you do things the right way, you be a team guy, you work hard, uh, you're going to get rewarded. I mean, that's kind of what John Robinson's always said, and this is the, it's the second time that Delaney Walker's been rewarded with the contract extension since he's been here. It's amazing to me, this guy's in his, his 13th season. This contract will take him through 2020, which would get him through his 15th season. Uh, and he continues to play at a high level. He loves the game. He keeps himself in great shape. You know, I was uh, at an event for him where he was dentist for the day, and he was asked about his kind of youthful exuberance uh, at this stage of his career, and he used a funny line saying that, you know, Toys R Us, you know, may be out of business, but he still considers his, himself a Toys R Us kid. He said he's a kid at heart just because of he's playing a game that he loves to play, and, uh Good for him, I mean, he's a guy you want to have around here, and I wasn't mean for John U. Smith. I still think John has got a chance to establish himself moving forward in this offense, but it's nice to know you got the KG veteran around here for several more years as well. Were you surprised?
1: Not really. I don't think so. Um, I think that Delaney is still such a strong part of this offense that I think kind of showing that investment in him. Um I think it goes a long way. So, no, I wasn't super surprised.
0: When the people in the locker room, for Lewan to get paid and for Delaney to get paid, it makes quite a statement. It lets you know that if you produce, this team will spend the dollars to keep you here that they want to keep their good players.
2: Yeah, and a lot of guys. I mean, these are two of them you can, can scratch off the list now, but a lot of guys are scheduled to be unrestricted free agents next year and uh the fact that uh the team's already been able to get taylor one and D- delaney walker locked up takes a lot of pressure uh off of that list uh but some guys are gonna have to continue to prove that they deserve a contract and uh be interested to see how some of it plays out
0: there will be several names to turn to as far as potential free agents but the one name that I think everyone will turn to who won 't be a free agent but will be eligible for a new contract
2: is Marcus Mariota yeah, and uh, you know he 's got a year to to kind of really prove himself uh, heading into his what will be his fifth season uh, in two thousand nineteen uh, you know marcus I think is is going to have a good year. A lot of conversation coming into this year about did he take a step back? Why did he take a step back last year? And it's not going to be easy for him just to, you can't just snap a finger with a new offensive coordinator, expect everything to look perfect. I think there will continue to be some growing pains as he gets more comfortable. But, you know, in practice today, I was encouraged by what I saw from the offense, probably as much as any practice that I've seen during the course of this offseason. I thought he looked good. I thought receivers made plays for him, and uh, you hope it's a sign of things to come.
0: I thought he rallied, I, I thought, it, and I thought the offense rallied, which when we've seen the good Titans teams, the practices are very back and forth on a day-to-day basis. If the defense sort of whips the offense one day, the offense comes back the next day, I thought the offense had a real rally today.
1: Absolutely. It was good to see them look a little bit sharper, um, a little bit more crisp, and like things were firing on all cylinders as opposed to yesterday when they kind of looked like they were being jerked around a Do little Do you bit.
0: think Jim White thinks Corey Davis had to play the day today?
1: I don't know. I'm having a hard time pegging down who's going to be Jim White's guy this year.
2: It's uh, – I think Corey Davis, uh, you know, Taywan Taylor made a heck of a play oh today my gosh. too. See here uh, we go. But I, I'll give it to Corey Davis today, uh, and I, and part of it is not just because of one play. I mean, which which play are you right. talking about? Because there, there were, were about several. Three. Yep. There was one where where he was downfield with the Dory Jackson, the ball gets deflected. Corey Davis kept his concentration and caught the ball. He made several other great catches downfield. Uh, I like the fight. I mean, Amy talked about you know. Uh, what we saw yesterday i thought the defense you know had a little bit of a swagger yesterday and they they owned the the receivers i mean and they were winning one-on-one battles they were talking to them and uh and the, the fact that the offense came back i mean cory davis taewon taylor some of the young undrafted guys i thought made some plays in, in one-on-one situations it was a very encouraging sign cory davis you know Take away the play where Butler beats him to the ball, and then he's had a couple of drops, but he's starting to show, uh, have a little bit more swagger about him uh, when he's out there, and that goes with with increased confidence.
0: He caught some balls today, but the other thing, too, is on several occasions he beat defensive backs, good defensive backs, solidly off the bump, uh, into breaks. He ran great routes. Uh, On those deep balls he was getting open, he showed his speed, I think you see the elements, and to me, if he can pull it all together, oh my goodness.
1: I think he's becoming the Corey Davis that we were all kind of promised when we drafted him. You know, everyone was excited about him and excited to see what he could do, and then of no fault of his own, he was battling injuries for most of last season on and off. So for him to finally be in a place where he's healthy and he's able to do the things that we were hoping he would do, it's really exciting.
0: Deontay Burnett is the guy who had, he's the undrafted, just 20 years old. Yeah. Out of USC, he had two really outstanding catchers
2: today. Best day he's had, I think, this whole offseason. I mean, I get asked about a lot of these undrafted receivers. I always mention, you know, Jordan VC. I've mentioned Devin Ross's name a lot. Uh, Mentioned Darius Jennings, who obviously has been around here a little while. Uh, not mentioned Deontay Burnett, and I've you know people have been a little bit surprised that he hasn't been in the conversation more, but he hadn't really flashed. No, but, he, he hasn't. And I mean, he was so productive at SC. You're
0: thinking, my goodness, and you're right. I mean, he today was easily the most he had shown up in my mind.
2: He dove for balls. He was fighting for balls. So I liked him. I'm going to circle back to Davis one more time before I move on from him, though. I think one of the most encouraging things I heard today is when Mike Vrabel, Talked about the off-season performers of the year award, and he mentioned Kevin Byard, and these are guys that just kind of worked. Who had throughout.
0: another pick today, like that yeah. new. <laughs> but <laughs> had the, <laughs>
2: these are guys that that had a great commitment during the off-season. Uh, you know, set a good example for their teammates, and they're they're awarded with you know Park and. Places, have you old... seen
0: where the parking places are? No, I've not year? seen where they are. John Robinson has given up his parking place. Okay, what? Uh, the parking places are fantastic. How do we get into this competition? <laughs> well, we can't get into the money either, so.
2: So that was so they, he reeled off the names of the guys who won these awards and one of them was was Kevin Byard, one of them was Derek Henry one of them was Ben Jones and one of them was Corey Davis and uh, for a second year guy who really didn't have the offseason that he wanted to last year a lot of it's because he you know came here late he was a little bit banged up you know he had the whole circuit with the NFL draft last year so he he, he was out of sorts a little bit coming in last year for him to spend the whole offseason this year into to have as good of an offseason as he apparently has, I think that's a great sign. Who was the list again? Who were the four it players? It was Bayard, Davis, Henry, and Ben Jones.
1: Anyone a, a surprised at all that Derrick Henry won an award <laughs> yeah, for working would, out in the offseason? I season? wish he would work out. Yeah, I know, right? Because
0: that guy, he's looking a little flabby. <laughs>
1: he's a little just <laughs> – it's beyond. Every time I look at him, I'm like, are you bigger today? Yeah, unbelievable. It's, it's he's a monster. Ridiculous.
2: He is big. He can park anywhere he wants he to. Can park, park yeah, a I, I he can park Yeah, He can pull up and park I on the side you, of the practice listen, field. I promise yeah.
0: you, when I said something about Flabby, I'm being facetious. Yeah. This guy is a monster. It's he, the
1: craziest thing.
0: He is – I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, somebody was at practice today that Amy and I have gotten to know, and he and his daughter were at practice, and he was an NFL linebacker in the 1980s. And – he he said, I can't believe how big Derrick Henry is. Yep. He said he's bigger than all of the linebackers. He, I mean, he's almost bigger than the outside linebacker. He's not bigger than the Derrick Morgan, but he's in the. I mean, golly, I guess he still weighs under two hundred and fifty. But boy, he
2: he doesn't look it. He said he's put on a couple of pounds. He was listed at two hundred and forty-seven last year. Said he's put on a couple of pounds this offseason. So two forty-nine. That would put him uh, here in the 250 range.
0: You know who else looks good is Jenu Smith. Have you yes. seen the way that this guy has really built up his body? I asked him today, I said, uh, have you gained weight? He said, actually, he has not gained weight. He's still about 245 where he was, but really has done a great job in the weight room. And that's uh, noticeable with this player, the, the guy who... You know, he and Jayon Brown, who had another pick today, really good interception of Marcus Mariota at the goal line. But those two guys have had just great off-seasons from the 2017 draft.
2: Yeah, Brown, I mean, a lot of conversation. Obviously, I you know Wesley Woodard coming off the best season of his uh, career, I think, you know, is established at one spot. And you hear a lot of people talk about Compton and Rashawn Evans at the other inside linebacker spot. But Jalen Brown has been as good as any player on the defense, you know, since the team started practicing uh, in April. All
0: right, so let's clean out the notebook. Amy Wells, give me something I don't know.
1: Um, I noticed today the tempo of practice seemed faster today. Did anybody else notice that? Even
2: more so than yesterday? It
1: seemed faster than yesterday. It felt like guys were moving all day long.
2: Yeah, and I think offense probably gets some credit for that, kind of setting the tone uh, in practice.
0: It's Something that has stood out to me is how much conditioning they get in within a practice, even in their drills. What he has them do that's fascinating to me is he doesn't do a lot of the basic run-between-the-cone drills. He does a lot of things where guys are are starting and stopping, running at long angles, doing sprints, and then he has them sprint at the end of practice, which is – something that most of us did in high school. I mean, they, they put in work in terms of station to station and really moving more so than any practice I think I've ever seen anywhere.
2: Uh, it's going to pay off, uh, certainly, during the course of the season, you hope. I mean, uh, conditioning level was important for these guys coming in. I think, I, I think everybody's looked really good. I do,
0: too. Yeah. All right, give me something else. Anything else?
1: Uh, those were my biggest one. 55's interception was real nice. Yeah,
0: Jan Brown. Yeah. All right, Jim White, empty the notebook.
2: T- t- tough not to see Mike Vrabel again. You know, this t- yesterday he's in there taking on you know rushers. Today he's working with the running backs. He puts the pad on, takes on Derrick Henry, takes on Deion Lewis, takes on David Fluellen. Just one guy for the next is coming after him, and he's t- teaching him technique. He's taking some blows along the way. He's working up a sweat. You know, you wonder where he's going to be next. He was doing up-downs out there uh, with the players. So, he, uh, you know, his intensity... You can't miss. Uh, you couldn't miss the intensity of one of the fans that was standing behind the fence line that uh, was decked out in a Chicago Cubs bucket hat and a Western Michigan T-shirt, who kept yelling at Matt Lafleur. He was, "I love you, Matt Lafleur. Matt, Matt Lafleur, you're the man. Coordinator, you know, keep uh, keep it up, Matt, you know, Matt Lafleur." So this, Matt Lafleur had a huge fan uh, at practice day. You wondered if it was because because of Western Michigan shirt. Sure, you wondered if it was because of Corey Davis having such a great day that. This this guy now thinks that LeFleur is going to be the uh, be the guy that turns his career into a special one.
0: I don't think the Titans' offensive coordinator was elated by this development. Yeah,
2: I think he was a little uh, embarrassed because everybody heard it. I mean, the the other players are giving it. him the business yes. about it too. So you don't want to be that guy. And uh, I'm sure probably if people ask him if he had an uncle that came down to watch practice or a brother or somebody. So he'll be hearing about uh, that one. Uh, uh, again, I'm touching on just the intensity of the offense, and, and, and there was a portion early in practice where I've, there were a couple of drops, a couple of plays that weren't real crisp, and you wondered if it was going to be a repeat of, of Thursday, and Marcus Mariota kind of gathered some of the young receivers around and said, hey, let's go. He was patting him on the helmet and then just like flipping a switch. You know, you had Deontay Burnett making a dive and catch. You had Dears Jennings making a good play. Taewon Taylor making a play. Uh, I, I thought that was very encouraging. I think it kind of set the tone for practice.
0: It's good practice. Good practice. Pads tomorrow. Excited about that. But got to throw out the question. We're going to do some questions on the OTP dailies during training camp. The question today, who is the player who is not being mentioned enough that you feel has a really solid chance of making this roster. I'm going to let Amy Wells go first.
1: I say David Fluellen.
0: David Flewellen, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Why do you feel this way?
1: I feel like he's had a solid camp. I feel like special teams is going to be a big thing that he can contribute on, and I think that... He's got a shot at it.
0: All right. So David Fluellen for Amy Wells for Jim Wyatt. It is.
2: I like Fluellen too. I think he's going to make this roster. I think the question now is whether there's a fourth and whether Akram Wiley can do enough to convince him to keep four. And and if there's only three tight ends, which I think could easily happen, I think that improves, uh, you know, a, a chance for a fourth running back even more. I'm going to say Darius Jennings. I mean, just because. Oh, yeah <laughs> you want <laughs> because, one of my uh, other ones well, i have no i think i took i think i took amy's Wyatt, yesterday Wyatt so Aries Jennings. He because he, he can you know because a couple of reasons one is because he's making plays every practice i mean every time i'm watching practice this guy's going across the middle to make a catch this guy's getting beating somebody downfield this guy, he's been one of the more consistent receivers from the beginning of this offseason and two because uh, it's a fight on the back end. And when you start doing the math, and it's, it's easier to do when Rashard Matthews is not out there and he wasn't out there for the second day today, but you start counting about counting out receivers who can help, and you get to Jennings pretty quickly because uh, mm-hmm. obviously you got Taylor and you've got Corey Davis and uh, you've got Tajay Sharp. Michael Campanero, I thought, really had a good offseason up good until the time he got day. hurt and came bounced back today. But um, then you're getting next in line. And to me, it's Darius Jennings.
0: All right. So Darius Jennings is number 15. He's a wide receiver. Number 32 is David Flewell and he's a running back. I'm going to go defense and I'm going to go Sharif Finch, outside linebacker, number 56 out of Temple. I want to see him in pads. I want to see him in drills going after the quarterback. He's a player that was productive, has had some knee Uh, situations is a player that the titans really liked as an undrafted i think he was probably the guy they most highly uh, pursued as an undrafted had to fight off several teams to get him so that's going to be my guy that i want to watch and again we're not necessarily saying this guy's on the roster or not but the guy that's not being talked about enough who has a good shot to make it and it's uh for me it's Sheree Finch.
1: That was a good choice. Was
0: that going to be one of yours as well?
1: No, it wasn't. But on the fly, that was a you. good one. Well, see, I think Luke Stalker has a legitimate chance Luke of making this Luke Stalker's
0: on this roster.
1: See? There you go. Done. I win. Oh. Nailed it. <laughs>
2: I see your Sharif Finch. I'm a ratio Rico, Gafford, uh, Rico as a, Gafford as an underdog uh, no, in secondary. gave you, the Rico Gafford information. <laughs> you gave me the four two two. This pro you day the at Wyoming on
0: number four zero. Tell everybody fa- fa- about Rico Gafford.
2: Fa- fa- this is listening. compliments of Mike Keith. But he's the <laughs> fastest pro recorded pro day time this offseason A four point two two, blazing fast. He's got a chance because not only he can play in the secondary, but he's a guy capable of of helping him on special teams. He's a burner. If he breaks one, uh, you know, he's, he can prove his value even more.
0: Thank you for using <laughs> Now no one will listen to Titans Radio on August 9th because you will have used up my story. You can get <laughs> it all here. Gafford is a rookie out of Wyoming, and uh, really interesting story, as a matter of fact. And so he, I agree with you. I think he's got a shot. He made two plays yesterday that I saw, and I thought to myself, young man, if you keep making those plays in the secondary and then you show something on returns, uh, you have a, a realistic shot. Amy's already declared herself the winner though.
1: Well, because I got someone who's going to be on the roster and no one's really talking All about it. All
0: right, him. so now let's move along. I don't mean to cut you off. That's fine. That's okay. The visitors have begun. The visitors have begun here at uh, St. Thomas Sports Park, the training. Very exciting to see Dan Helley here today. Dan Helley of NFL Network, who will be doing our games on television. Hopefully some people will still listen to Titans Radio, but when you have a chance to listen to Dan Halley and Charles Davis on the TV, that's pretty great.
1: People can flip back and forth.
0: Well, it's pretty great. I mean, our, I would put our preseason television crew, Corey Curtis doing the sidelines, I would put our preseason television crew up against anybody's. I agree with that. I mean, that's, uh, that is outstanding. So Dan's here. You visited with Dan. I did. And we're going to let people hear that on the OTP I think later this weekend. Yep. Do you know who else was in town? Did you get to talk to Neil Reynolds, either one of Uh, them? I
2: didn't talk to Neil Reynolds. I didn't Neil Reynolds
0: is from NFL UK. And fascinating to discuss the really unreal growth of American football in the United Kingdom, in Great Britain. And so I had a chance to visit with him. This is, uh, and you'll be able to tell from the accent who's who, I'm the guy from Tennessee. Neil Reynolds, the other voice you'll hear, is clearly from across the pond. What's it like for you watching NFL teams work up close in this way?
4: Yeah, I love, I love training camps because uh, really, like you say, you get the chance to watch the players up close. When we're watching the games on on TV, you know, I, I knew Derrick Henry was a big, powerful back, but I didn't know he was quite the physical specimen that you see when you come out and watch practice from – the sidelines i love training camp because you the fans are out it's a great chance for the fans to see their heroes up close and, and everyone has hope so uh, yeah i find it fascinating to to watch these guys work and it's a pretty intense practice considering are no pads on everyone's really you know receivers are laying out making catches and i guess they want to impress the new the new boss you always don't we all oh absolutely yeah no matter what the line of work what uh, number of training camps will you get to see so i'm uh, i did the jags and the eagles uh, in otas so this time i'm just going to four training camps so i'm co- covering off the six teams coming to london this year so uh, today i'm with the the titans on friday uh then i'm going to fly tonight to los angeles uh, with the chargers on saturday fly again that night be with the raiders on sunday fly again and be with the seahawks on monday so uh yeah do this one today and then a little west coast swing to finish off so uh four four teams this year
0: why has great britain taken to american football the way they have
4: um i think uh i think nfl fans in the uk would say it's the greatest sport in the world they love the fact that the nfl has produced nine different champions over the last 10 years everyone's got a chance it's wide open uh it's the same reason everyone loves it uh, over here it's fast paced it's tactical it's it's still hard-hitting. Um, it's very, very exciting. You never know what's going to happen on any any given Sunday. That old mantra really does ring true. Um, and you know, I think the fans in the UK are, are so knowledgeable now. They're really, really into the game. We, we show on Sky Sports up to five live games every week. Uh, they can get NFL Game Pass. They can watch all the NFL Network coverage. So, you know, it's only geography, really, that... That is the difference. Every fan over there knows the game the same way. We
0: as Americans underrate how much you
4: enjoy physical sports, don't we? Yeah, we do. Like a, we like rugby. We like a sport where they can get stuck in. Uh, you know, I, I personally, you know, growing up, I like watching hockey, ice hockey as well. And I've I've been a fan of the NFL since 1983. So yeah, we do. We like our sports. Even um, you know, soccer, they dive around a little bit too much now. But you know, I like uh, I like it when they get stuck in a bit. So. Yeah, I think we're. I think we're in the in the UK. We're, we're sports mad. We're really True. sports mad. Uh, very passionate. You can see that with England in the World Cup as they went further and further. Um, and and this sport, the NFL now, and this league, is an established part of the British sporting landscape. We we expect to have games every year regular season games we've got to that level where we feel like we could host an NFL franchise it's got that serious and that passionate over there it's fascinating to us because it's as if it American
0: football has become to you what soccer has become yes. here I can't imagine life without soccer here now.
4: Yeah, it's comparable. I think that the same growth rates are similar, and the way that it's uh, the way that it's viewed. You know, we're not saying the NFL is ever going to be replacing soccer in the in the UK, but you know, everyone has a room in their life for a second and third favorite sport, and I think that's where the NFL can be, and uh, soccer, and where 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 the Premier League's trying to make inroads into America. That's a good comparison at the moment. Are
0: people in Europe just totally fascinated? by the size of these athletes.
4: Is that a part of the attraction? I think I think a, li- a little bit, but not, not as much as it used to be. So back in the day when I first started covering the sport, early 90s, mid-90s, everyone wanted to write a feature about how much the linemen eat, you know. <laughs> now they want to talk about are you running a, a 3-4 defense, a 4-3 defense. What kind of offense are the Titans going to put in to get the best out of Marcus Mariota? It's advanced. It's more sophisticated than that now there's still that element and we can still use that to kind of promote to the broader masses but because you know we had Jarrell Casey over last a couple of weeks ago working on a promotional tour over there yeah, such a big man who can move so athletically is is pretty unusual so there's an element of that but it's a very very sophisticated fan base now. How did you get started covering American football? So I was um, I was watching as a fan on TV. We only had four TV stations in the eighties, so I I kind of watched for uh, because there was nothing else on on a Sunday evening. Just highlights shown one week late after the games, you know, the previous week's games. We get the highlights. Um, I worked for an American football newspaper for three years. Worked for the NFL for six years. then went into BBC Radio, uh, Sky Sports now for about ten years. I played for ten years in the amateur game. Uh, I played as a tight end and as a kicker. We paid to play the game. We would pay to play every week. It was, it was such a passion for us all. So, uh, yeah, I've been a fan since 83 now. So. Two-part question.
0: I'm one of the few who believe we will have a team in London in my lifetime. A lot of people disagree with me. A, do you agree or disagree?
4: And B, what do you think is going to be the biggest obstacle for that to happen? So I I 100% think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen... I really think it's going to happen in the next three or four years. I think when we see the end of the next collective bargaining agreement, that, that wraps up a year before the new television deals here in the US. I think putting a London team in in that period there would would help with the next round of TV deals any London team will have to be negotiated into the new CBA, there might have to be certain concessions so I think it's going to happen, I think it's going to happen pretty soon, um, I think the logistics are the big, big question I think we'll see a, a London team where they still base themselves on the east coast of America so you think about tryouts on a Tuesday when you've got a workout free agent you know your left tackle goes down you need to work out 10 left tackles you're not flying them all over to London so you need to have a base on the east coast of America and then you go over and you play two or three games in London you come back and you play a two or three road games uh, in the States so logistics are a big issue but the NFL have tested a lot of that they've done away with the bye weeks for a lot of teams when they come to London we play lunchtime games so teams can get back on a Sunday night. You can get back on a Sunday night the same time you would get back from a trip to Seattle. So you could be back in your facility after playing in London that day. We're this year playing three games back-to-back, Weeks 6, 7 and 8. They keep testing this market in the UK uh, and I think the fans keep coming up with the answers. So I'm, I strongly believe it's going to happen. The next time we have a, a situation like the Rams or the Chargers, the stadium and city stuff, I think we're going to see London in that conversation. Finally, Titans fans coming to Wembley to see the Chargers and the Titans
0: on October the 21st. If you're talking to a Titans fan who's going to come over to the game, give me two or three things they, they absolutely have to do involving London and football.
4: Uh, I think um, I think you've got to get yourself out early to the stadium. So we have a big tailgate party outside Wembley Stadium uh, on the day of the game. I'll be there hosting on a stage. We have all alumni from both teams come out, special guests, loads of football chat on the stage. And they'll see thirty-two different team jerseys uh, around the stadium. It's a great atmosphere for that. So they've got to make sure they get there early. Make a day of it, like I'm sure they do in uh, you know, tailgating here in the states. Anyway, we try and do that same thing. Um, they got to go for a pint, right? For, I know some people who will do that. For, I'm related to some people who there will you do go. that. So you got to go for a pint. Um, you know, and I just think uh, just walk around London. If you walk around London, it's a great city for. For taking a walk, you can get everywhere without having to get on the tube and get on a bus. Um, I love it. You can walk through parks. Uh, you can walk through city centers. Um, so, yeah, but have a good walk, have a good pint, and then get to the stadium early.
0: All right, I have to get your reaction to what Neil Reynolds said. Neil Reynolds agreeing with me that there will be a team in London, an NFL team in London, in the near future. Him saying, and I'll just repeat what he said, He thinks it happens within five years based on the next collective bargaining agreement and the next television contracts. Those tie very closely together. He thinks that the league will not be able to pass up the money. I don't know that I agree it's that soon. Do you agree that we will have an NFL team in London in our lifetimes?
1: I think so eventually. I think that it will happen. I don't know if it's going to be five years fast, but I think it will happen I think that after we play in London, because I've never done that before personally. Um, so after we do that, I'll be able to tell you if I think that's a good idea or not. But I definitely think that there will be a team over there.
2: I think uh, it's a great thought and it's kind of exciting to think about it. I know how much people there love the NFL and I'm expecting a great atmosphere when we go over there in October. But uh, that's a haul to get there, and it's logistic issues trying to get there and play a football game, not only going but coming. And, and you know, the NFL makes it work because of the bye week sure. after the games, uh, you know, like it will be for the Titans game this season. I, I just have a hard time wrapping around, around how teams are going to be that excited about doing that. During the course of the season,
0: Neil made the point though that I thought was interesting is that he believes the London team will have a base of operation on the east Coast of the United States, which I thought was was interesting is they will be they will have a place that they will work and train in the United States, that they will work out players that they so not all of their football operations full time would be in london
1: well, so then it's like it's like another American team, well, right? It
0: is, well, it is an American team because it's the NFL. But the point is, and his point is, if you look at, you have the New York market, you have the Chicago market, you have the Los Angeles market, and now you have the London television market.
1: Right. Yeah. Let's
0: face it, too. Everybody wants to get paid. Mm-hmm.
2: But it's, I mean, it would, that that uh, that's an interesting concept there with the with part of it being based here because you think about. You know, Tuesday here is so the day when players work out. Right. Uh, and to try to, when you're looking for an extra guy on the roster, when you have injuries during the course of the season, just the thought of trying to get guys to fly overseas to do that every Tuesday or other things that happen during the course of a week. Uh, it, it's, it's hard for me to see it happening within the next five years, but um, I guess it's uh, always good to, you know, sometimes you just, you know, can't be shocked over things that happen.
0: I know you'll both be disappointed that Neil's recommendation of having a pint while you're over for the game against the Chargers is one thing that you must do.
1: Well, yeah, we can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll work.
0: <laughs> Jeff Harding, who runs this show, will probably join you.
1: He'll lead that. the charge.
0: Good stuff. All right, so the visitors begin. The pads are coming on. Lawan is signed. Walker gets a contract extension. Uh,
2: you, want, you, want to, you want to plug the Second Harvest uh, Food Bank? Uh, oh, do that. Uh, yeah? do that. for us. I was going to get you to do it, because I don't know if I know the particulars as well. <laughs> Bring <laughs> food
0: to practice. There Those you are go. The Amy's got Bring that. Non-perish so non-perishable items. Non-perishable exactly
2: pal- items to practice, it, and that's tomorrow and Sunday. Am yes. I right about that? Yes. Okay.
0: 50 a.m. both practices. And, there, you know, there's a lot of shade out here at practice. There are places to sit down. Now, if you haven't been in years this is not the same St. Thomas Sports Park for training camp it, it once was. And, again, free, there's parking, and, and, again, bring those non-perishable food items. I'm glad you brought that up, Jim. It's going to be an exciting weekend here at St. Thomas Sports Park. Thank you, Jim White. Thank you, Amy Wells. Thank you, Jeff Harding. Have a pint for us. And we're back with more of the OTP coming up.